Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is the entire team from the Diocesan Communications Department, or pretty much the team, everyone kind of nodding their heads right now. You can't see that over across radio. But with me today are Bradley Zint, who's the Assistant Director for Communications, Shay Ryan, the Digital Marketing and Social Media Specialist, and Patty Mahoney, who's Editor of the Orange County Catholic Newspaper and its website. And also we have Jim Governale, who is our Radio Program Manager and uh, has been uh, very close but behind the scenes on this show ever since I began. So this is a team that's very near and dear to our hearts, but you never hear from really any of them but me. And we thought today we'd like to ask a little bit about how they go about doing their job, which really is a very broad one. Before we actually go into that, let me stop for a moment and say there's a lot to pray about out there as we are entering into Advent, coming out of a very difficult year or more. Let's begin with a word of prayer. I I think we said, Shay, you would be uh, happy to lead us in a word? Pray in the name of the Father, Son, Son of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Holy Spirit, come. Lord, we're so thankful that we are here today. Uh, whether we knew that we'd be here today or not, Lord, um, we just ask that you can speak through us and guide us in our everyday lives. And we ask that during this Advent season, you can help us to prepare our hearts for the coming of your Son on Christmas. And just help us to speak what you want us to speak today and help us to hear how you want us to hear things today. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. The Diocese of Orange is a huge behemoth. It's this great big conglomeration of mostly parishes, but a number of different entities that all come together under the mantle of Catholic faith and practice and governed by a bishop and then his team, which in this case consists of another couple of bishops and several people that lead it. And one of the big issues is to, is how do you communicate what the bishop would like this great, big, huge collection of people to be doing and thinking and, and engaging? And that's kind of what you all do, isn't it? Everyone's kind of nodding their head. Let me ask the question, is there someone who can tell me what it is that the Department of Communications is tasked with doing? Hi, uh, this is uh, Bradley, the Assistant Director of Communications. Our office has a uh, fairly generic name, Communications. What does that mean? And it can mean uh, several It doesn't things. communicate it very well. Yes. Yeah. No, the, uh, no the, the Office of Communications title uh, in and of itself does not communicate necessarily its role or its purpose. But our primary purpose is to be the, I guess, communicative arm of the Office of the Bishop. And by extension, that also means the Christ Cathedral Campus, the spiritual home here in the Diocese of Orange of the Bishop, as well as also by extension, Catholic schools and uh, the parishes and various centers we have here in the diocese. To do so, we have several different arms or divisions that have that purpose. Uh, One that I'm directly involved with is media relations. We communicate various stories and um, concepts and other types of messaging to the mainstream and Catholic media that we want to get out there. 
that may include developments here on the uh, Christ Cathedral campus or even emergency things when um, the time comes. We also have, of course, the podcast studio, which we're standing in, and we have various social media channels that uh, communicate on a daily basis, the different um, messaging of that. And then, of course, there's the Orange County Catholic newspaper, which is uh, distributed uh, throughout Orange County, and it's printed by the Orange County Register, which is our county's uh, newspaper of record. So it's an actual newspaper, not just a website. Oh, yes, it's definitely a newspaper. It's uh, printed and stuffed into the uh, print edition of the Orange County Register uh, most Sundays of the year, I'd say. And, uh, of course, that is supplemented by the websites. Okay. And then, Shay, you're in charge of a slightly different aspect of communications. What do you do? So I run the social media accounts and partly digital marketing. So kind of making sure that the branding is consistent and all the updates that we're doing. And what do you mean by branding? So branding consists of fonts, colors, and just the overall voice. Everything looks similar. Everything looks similar. Like it's related. Like it's related okay. in some sense, okay. right? Because you want some things to stand out and show that they're different events, but also communicates the bishop's voice and the diocese objective overall. Okay. So you do that with social media. So what kinds of things do you mean by that? You're involved with yeah. Facebook? Yeah, we've got Facebook, we've got Instagram, we have Twitter, we've got all different types of accounts. We've got Christ Cathedral and new accounts that I'm discovering on a <laughs> weekly basis. <laughs> I've only been here for about four months, so some things kind of come out of the woodworks every now and then. Uh, but yeah, just keeping up on different trends on all those different platforms and figuring out what audience engages on what and figuring out different analytics. Okay. I think one one small thing to distinguish about what Shay mentioned is that these are the social media accounts kind of at the mothership level. This sure. is from the pastoral center, from Christ Cathedral, not necessarily the parish level, which right. have their own social media accounts and their own people. They can get in trouble them. on their own. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what tends to come from here, it comes from the Diocese of Orange. That doesn't mean we won't mention a parish because we do right. yeah. often. But, of course, a lot of our messaging does focus around Christ Cathedral because it is here at the mothership. And then just continuing the, the overall um, kind of survey of what we're doing, Patty Mahoney, your editor of the Orange County Catholic. First of all, how long have you been here doing that? I moved here from Boston August 1st. Welcome to California. Can have you, you been, tell? <laughs> well, have you been keeping contact, I take it, with some of your family members or friends back in Boston from time to time? Oh, yeah, I've what's, already been back. What's the temperature? <laughs> um, well, I've already been back. I had to go apple picking, so I was ah. over, um, yeah, I was home in October, and I had to watch the Red Sox and the Patriots, and okay. it was marathon. So <laughs> I was there watching it all. So. I remember this time of year getting a little bit colder, and then somewhere in January, February, when the snow on the ground is turning a color of gray-black, you're a little bit tired of snow. I don't think you're going to have that problem out here. No, I'm not going to miss that. I'm not going to miss the snow plowing and the power outages and trees down and just missing my house. I won't miss that. <laughs> so you deal with both the newspaper and the Orange County Catholic website, which is different from the RCBO website. Talk about that for just a moment. Okay, correct. So the stories that are in our print edition, they're online as well. So people can go on to the OC Catholic website and register to subscribe, mm -hmm. and they'll get a newsletter sent by me every week, and they can see all of our stories that were in the paper if they don't want to physically 
Okay, so they can have access to what's in the newspaper without patronizing necessarily a, a secular newspaper. Correct. Okay. I mean, so our newspapers are in every church in the diocese. Right. You know, they're delivered to the schools and the parishes every week. But it's also, um, you know, some people aren't ready to be back in the pews right now. And, you know, they can access us online. Okay. And then the RCBO website is actually kind of the more generic website for the diocese, the Roman Catholic Bishop of Orange. So if you had a question about what department does what or who do I need to look up for something I want to do with the diocese, you'd go to RCBO. Correct. But if you wanted to find out what's happening, what's in the news, you'd go to Orange County Catholic. Correct. The RCBO website, they do have a very active calendar of events as well that shows up there as well as the OC. But not as good as the OC. (laughs) No, of course not. (laughs) And then on the OC Catholic website, you also have a number of tabs up there, including a radio tab. Yes. And I understand that's become very important to you, Jim, since you've been here f- since when? I started here, Rick, gosh, the very end of 2014. And the studio that we're recording in right now opened in January of 2015. So before, so, you were you were BS. You were before studio. Before studio. When I was hired here at the diocese, Rick, the floor that we're on, the eighth floor, was uh, pretty much all concrete. I mean, there, there was some carpet here in the studio, but the TV studio, which is next door to us, was just, you know, concrete slabs. They hadn't, they hadn't put anything in there yet. But it was January of 2015 when the radio studio that we're currently in with this, this mixer board and the computers and whatnot, when all this was installed. So that's when we launched the Orange County Catholic radio show on our local radio stations. And now this floor actually has not only the radio studio here and a small mixing office next door, it has also a television studio that a lot of people don't realize is here. It's EWTN's Western outlet, and they record a number of programs like our own Father Spitzer's Universe. Uh, he actually has his office directly above ours here in the studio. We've talked about putting a fire pole in so we can just kind of come down and... A bat pole. Time, a bat pole. Exactly. But he does a lot of his recording over there, and they do a number of things for EWTN over there. So this has turned into quite a media center just up here for broadcast media. It has. It has. I think they do a fair number of uh, Spanish language programming and and stuff in there. But um, pretty much all the radio shows that uh, get recorded here at the diocese are done here at the studio. And we transitioned to more of a podcast format, too, which when I was first hired here was just kind of in its in its birth stages, but all the programs that we record out of here, Father Christopher Smith's program, uh, Cathedral Square, uh, Deacon Steve Greco with Empowered by the Spirit, your show, and also our uh, sacred music and classical music show, Sounds from the Sanctuary, those shows get recorded right here in the Tower of Hope. And then we've been doing this show since really the beginning of the broadcast. This back before Relevant Radio took over, we were actually working with a different group and the person who started this had come out of the newspaper side of the house, Patrick Mott. That's and right. he did it for a short time before mm-hmm. he got sick. Mm-hmm. And then I came in, um, gosh, I think it was 2016, something like that. It sounds about right. And yeah. uh, I've been doing this thing weekly ever since, or roughly weekly or so. So that's kind of where we all are here. There's a lot of instruments that we're all working with to try to get information out. I understand we've also got which I don't want to go into great detail now because I want to save it for later, but we're in the process of putting together even new stuff, especially dealing with how we organize podcasts. Can you talk a little bit about that, Jim? Well, basically what we're looking to do is, with so much of the radio content that we produce, 
we want to basically get more ears to to listen to what we're doing. So we're kind of in the early stages of expanding our podcast outreach with, uh, I think it's something called like an RSS feed where we get it out to Apple Music and Google Play and all that sort of thing. So that when people who have the different outlets where they're listening to podcasts, that they can type in Orange County Catholic Radio and, and hear our show anywhere in the world. I mean, that would be fantastic. I think we have limited capability to do that now, but we're looking to expand it. So the ministry of Jesus Christ that's being done here at the diocese in its multiple forms, we're able to get this out. It sounds like pretty effectively right now in the process of trying to broadcast Christ even more effectively as we go into the future. When we come back, I want to ask a little bit more about your backgrounds and really where we're going from here and how you see, how you envision what your end of this is doing for the broadcast ministry for communications here at the Diocese of Orange. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today are several members of the communications department. And we've been talking a little bit about how the the communications department is able to get the ministry of Christ out there to the public. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little more in detail about how that actually happens. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today are several members of the communications staff, and we were talking about what it is that they do in order to try to bring Christ's ministry that is being accomplished in so many ways here at the Diocese of Orange out to the people so people are aware of it. And there are multiple ways that we've been doing that. But these are, are individual people who are accomplishing this or trying to accomplish this. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about what you bring to your field. What do you bring to your position? Why are you here, I guess, in the position you're doing and in, in doing what you're doing? So, Bradley, what is it that you do and, and why did you take this position? How did you get here? Sure. Well, again, I'm the uh, assistant director of communications and I was brought here to the diocese, I think primarily based on my uh, media background. Uh, prior to working here, I worked for about 15 years in um, secular media, and I guess we'd also call that the mainstream media. Uh, Most of my time was spent here in Orange County. I have a bachelor's degree in political science and journalism from Cal State Long Beach. Uh, I worked in uh, newspapers. I'm laughing because that's my alma mater, and I did a political science degree. Well, uh, yes, there's a lot of us Long Beach State alumni. We're all around here, yes. The the president of the school used to say, we have more alumni than Harvard has students. Yeah. So, you know. Well, that's not hard to do. but (laughs) Yeah. That was a point of pride for us, you know, state school. Yeah, that's true. In any case, yeah, so I have a newspapering background primarily, was editor-in-chief of the campus newspaper the 49er at Long Beach, worked in newspapers uh, over in Massachusetts and then even up in Alaska where I'd always wanted to work. Where in Massachusetts were you? I was actually on Martha's Vineyard for a summer. Wow. Okay. Yeah, working for like a tourist magazine yeah. and also as a bellhop at a hotel. Well, then. Yeah. That's also important, too, learning how. You have to do it all. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was communi- communicating out how people get to different things. There's something about people who've been waiters bellhops, service industry like that, that they learn about people in different ways. I've done just about every job there is, even (laughs) uh, selling flowers uh, on a a call center. So then after that, I worked in Alaska for a bit for uh, the nation's smallest daily newspaper. Where in Alaska? In uh, Kodiak, Alaska. Okay. uh, Produces five issues a week, at least it was when I was there, five issues a week, about 1,200 issues a day. 
And so I got my uh, teeth cut, so to speak, uh, doing every kind of thing in journalism except selling ads and running the presses. I've uh, edited the papers, I've designed the papers, ran the papers, written photography. And after uh, my stint in Alaska, I came back down to the uh, L.A. area, uh, worked for an AOL affiliate, and then spent most of my journalism career at a um, L.A. Times affiliate called The Daily Pilot, based in uh, Costa Mesa and Fountain Valley. And there I did uh, editing the paper, a little bit of designing the paper, and then a lot of writing various uh, beats from public safety, education, and politics to even uh, classical music and restaurants. So I've written uh-huh. about every every topic except sports. What brought me to the diocese, though, uh, I think was my intimate knowledge of the media landscape here in Orange County, sure, as well as um, knowing a lot of people who work in the industry. Yeah. And in my role of the diocese to promote the industry to the media, who then promotes it to the region and even the world at large, all my years working in this industry and the media industry has helped facilitate that to get different outlets here. And I'm not necessarily the spokesman for the diocese, but in the background, I make sure that the different outlets come to things. For example, when we have a big event at Christ Cathedral, we'll try to contact the TV stations, ABC, CBS, uh, NBC, make sure they get down here. And once they're here, folks like me, Make sure they get what they need. They need an interview with a priest. They need, uh, whether that's as simple as a parking spot on a busy event. So, yeah, I think it's a big part of my background. You do a lot of grease and glue. You make sure that everything flows and everything sticks together. Yeah, definitely. And we also handle media requests. We usually are always pitching stories to the media that we want them to know about for the campus. The big one this year, we had two big ones, rather, was the unveiling of the Our Lady Levang statue. We had a media day for that, which I know you guys... We're here. I think we had 40 or 50 outlets from all over the place coming here. It was busy. And to get them to come here is in a concerted effort to know who to pitch to, what to say, and why it might be of interest to them. And being in journalism for so many years has helped me know how to hit those marks between uh, my our office and uh, director, uh, Tracy Kincaid, and I. And then uh, another part of the job, of course, is internal communications amongst the diocese. We produce email newsletters that go get sent out to priests as well as to different employees. So your background really has been conducive to continuing to bring people to the diocese to experience the events that are happening, but also then to pump out what the diocese is doing to those same groups. Definitely. And I, do, and I do that on a more secular level than other folks here on the, the diocese do. You're kind of working more with the people outside the diocese than inside the diocese a lot of the time. Uh, I'd say a lot of internal stuff. My background as a reporter has also helped me gather information. Any large organization needs kind of a funnel where all these different things are coming, all these different feeds, all these different departments. Right, someone, person. Someone to bring that all together and to solidify what message it is or what news we want to get out. And so you've got the lightning rod attached to the top of your head. Exactly. So, and so we might hear about something and say, wow, that's a great story. We need to let people know about that. It can even be something as uh, small as the day that the Christ Cathedral windows are being washed. That's a great photo. And we'll try to get that for, say... That's a lot of windows. Too. I know it's a lot of windows. We try to get that in the Orange County Register. For example, this past summer, when Disneyland started launching its fireworks again... That was kind of its own little historic moment after the park closures. Sure. But we wanted to get a picture of the cathedral with the fireworks going off in the background. So I helped facilitate a 4th of July photo. 
And that's also not to mention another part of my job I work with. In the in the windows. Well, just the fireworks going off yeah. with our beautiful cathedral lit sure. at night, uh-huh. and someone like me helps arrange the photographer yeah. facilities to make sure this moment happens. None of these things happen on accident, so to speak. It yeah. takes careful planning and uh, coordination. There are no coincidences. Exactly. So in that realm, I also work a lot with our photographers. Um, we're not necessarily the archive of the diocese, but we produce a lot of the content that goes in their archive, primarily the uh, newspaper and, of course, all the photos that we get coming in. Shay, you have only been here for the last few months. Right. We have a couple of people that are that are fairly yeah, new. Me and Patty started around the same time, actually. All right. mm-hmm. So what brought you here, both from a professional background and from a personal background? Why are you doing your ministry here? So I was previously working at a church called San Francisco Solano down in South County. And I worked there for about seven years in total. I started over there uh, based off of because I was passionate about the church and in my faith in my late high school years. So I was really involved in the youth ministry over there, doing some retreats with them. And I mean, there's hope in high school. All right. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so I, I started volunteering at the kids program there okay. and I loved it. I started working there and then just to give you some background, I saw like a flyer at our church at the time of an event that I was familiar with. And I saw the flyer and I knew the event and I thought this doesn't, this doesn't look like the event at all. This right. doesn't reflect the beauty or the fun of the event and how this we can do better than this. Yeah, we can do better than this. Right. And that's sort of how I am as a person. Anyway, and I, I look at something I'm like, all right, this should you know be a different way or it could be communicated more simply. And so I kind of just took it on my own to design different things for them. And so I I started working with some of the staff and um, doing things in the faith formation program, just very minimal things as as a teenager. And then somehow just started doing freelance design for the church and then became marketing communications over there. And I was doing everything from video announcements to bulletin to redoing the entire website, creating social media channels. I mean, you name it, I was doing it. It was juggling things all the time. I'm also a photographer, so I did a lot of photography for them as well. And so I worked in the communications department for about three years and kind of developed a team over there. And I would say, honestly, we peaked during the pandemic because I know that our pastor, Father Dewey, and Father Aristotle, who was also working there, we all kind of felt this desire to make sure we were still reaching people during the pandemic. Well, I was going to say, mm-hmm. depending upon how your parish approached it, this was both a burden and an opportunity right. to communicate with people. Right, exactly. And we felt the urgency to make sure that they still had a place to maintain and develop their relationship with Christ and go to Mass, whether it was in their living room, you know, through their their live stream on their phone or wherever it was that they could still access that church because I mean we were all there we didn't know what things were going to be like and so we just knew that if we could still reach our people that we were still providing a place for them to develop their relationship with Christ which is ultimately why I'm here at the diocese and and why I do what I do is because I believe that you know God has a plan for for everyone and and if we can reach people through different outlets I, I believe that God is providing those as access points for for us to reach his people. So what do you focus on most? What are the couple of things you focus on most in your in your daily position? What do you do? <laughs> so I would just say overall social media. So I make sure... So define that just a little yeah, bit. That, that's right. Concretely, that would be right. Facebook, 
Twitter? Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram are our okay. main three outlets right now. And so I basically create content or graphics. I work with different graphic designers to develop those as well as do some myself and create a social media content calendar and just make sure that we're being active. And like I said earlier, I'm trying to figure out the different analytics and what's working and what people like to see, which is the bishop or, you know, different priests talking about different topics and just going from there. Okay. So if we're talking about trying to get information out, it sounds like yours is focused more on a world that, I don't know, uh, people who are my age and I happen to be very old, we're not as engaged as younger people. Do you find yourself gravitating more toward a younger audience? In what you do? I would say definitely, yes, it's a focus because first off, as a church, we're already five years behind. It's, it's automatic. When you're a church, you're already five years behind the current trends. And so we need to make sure that we are still maintaining relevancy when we're scrolling. When people are scrolling on their feeds, we want them to stop and look at, the, at our posts, whether we're giving them information, whether we're giving them inspiration or different church teachings or statements. We want to make sure that we're relevant, right? They, don't, they want to follow us. We, we want to give them something to look at. But I would say that different social media outlets, what I've found, um, we're trying to reach to different demographics on each. So I'd say Facebook is more of an older audience. You don't have to really do more of the young graphics or maintain a certain aesthetic as much as you would for Instagram, where that's more of the young people are. And you can look at the, the data behind our accounts, and it is more the young audience that we're reaching. Um, and that our, our follower accounts in general is more young on Instagram. And that's just sort of what it is in today's day and age. So I would say it's just being aware of those things and figuring out the numbers and failing, doing a good job, and then figuring out what's good and going with that. So do you get things that come in from, say, parishes and you pump them out? Or do you, what is it you actually do with those accounts? So I'll post things like, you know, we've got feast days. So we'll post different feast days. Like if it's St. Anthony's feast day in June, we'll post something about that. And that happens you know, several times a week. Obviously, there are a lot of saints and feast days, but we'll post different things like ha things happening around the diocese. So different community events that we hear from. And it's not often that I get a lot of requests on social media to post on our feed necessarily about their different events. But if we know there's a pendant service going on, like something that all churches are usually participating in, we'll kind of reach out and say, hey, let us know when your penance service times or when your St. Saint, um, Saint Francis Blessing of the Animals times are, and we'll post that for you. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've been talking a little bit about backgrounds and what brought you here, and we've talked to Bradley and to Shay. We're going to take a brief break and come back. We've got two more members here. We need to talk a little bit about what brought them here. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today are several members of our communications department talking about how they are able to get the gospel of Jesus Christ that is being preached, taught, engaged in so many ways in the Diocese of Orange out there to all of you. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Patty and to Jim about why they're here. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today are Bradley Zent, the Assistant Director for Communications for the Diocese of Orange, Shay Ryan, who is Digital and Marketing and Social Media Specialist, Patty Mahoney, Editor of the Orange County Catholic Newspaper and Website, and Jim Governale, 
who is our radio program manager and works our board here in ways that make us actually sound good. So if any of this does sound good, it's all Jim's fault. Uh, we're going to come back to you, Jim, in just a moment to ask about your background. But if it doesn't, it's my fault, too. So. <laughs> we'll, we'll argue about that with some other time. I want to come over to Patty. Patty is, well, we were talking about Brad. Brad started here in Orange County area, went away all the way up to Alaska, got cold, came back. Uh, and then I, I didn't quite catch, but Shay, you're actually kind of a nativist here. Yeah. You've been okay, born and raised and Orange. stayed. Um, smart girl. And then, sorry. And then there's Patty. Patty comes to us from Boston, and based on your accent, you've been there for a long time, and now you're here. Welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio in Orange County. Thanks. And tell us a little bit about what got you here, both from a professional level and from a personal level. Okay, well, I, I lived here for a short time many years ago. So my husband and his line of work, they have an office out here. So we, we spent some time out here many years ago. Where, whereabouts did you stay? Whereabouts were you? Um, I was in Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, yeah, okay. okay he has Inland a, Empire area. He has an office in Laverne. Um, they're going to be moving to Irvine soon. Irvine is a little bit better. We can talk to Jim about Rancho Cucamonga a little bit later yeah. on. But. So when my, my oldest were little, we lived here for a little bit. Okay. And my husband's back and forth here all the time. So I'm not a stranger, you know. No. My best friend lived here for I'm a little years. interested in what <laughs> talked you into leaving and going to Boston. Well, okay. that, it was my husband's job. Okay. Yeah. So they wanted him it. here. And I said, okay, well, um, I was working for USA Today, one of their umbrella newspapers back okay. home. And I said, okay, um, let me see what's out there for jobs. And this, they were hiring here. And it just worked perfectly because I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic schools. I taught in Catholic school. Um, Wait, you taught in Catholic? Okay, you're talking to a former principal. So (laughs) what did you teach in Catholic schools? I taught first grade. First grade. Oh, the heroes of our world. So first grade's an interesting... I I have a theory about the the younger grades. I think kindergarten and first grade kind of are two different peas to the same pod. Kindergarten, there's a wildness there that all the energy of the universe really can't contain. It gets kind of marshaled, though, in first grade, but only kind of directionally. It isn't all there. No. How did you enjoy first grade? First grade's amazing. It is. Because they learn how to read. And they learn how to put a sentence together on paper. That that is true. You know, so that was the thing. You'd you'd meet them and, you know, you'd have them write a sentence and you couldn't understand it. You know what I mean? Right, right. And then by the end of the year... There's like this perfect sentence with the grammar, with the period at the end. It's See, that's second thing. grade. It makes second grade beautiful, doesn't it? <laughs> this was first grade, so I, I know. But, know. Second, but second grade, I was all prepared. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, the, like my first class, they're like in college now. Wow. It's like I taught them how to read. <laughs> okay, that's fantastic. <laughs> so That's kind of my background, too. I've got lots of little ones that are now, uh, I run into them as professors. But anyway, so you're here both from a, a professional level and from a personal level. Your professional background, you said you were part of USA Today. What did you do with that job? What was, was well, your background? Well, my journalism, that goes all the way back to college. I, you know, I got dual degrees at Boston University in print journalism and American history. I wrote for, you know, the BU's newspaper. I worked for their television station. I interned at other television stations in Boston. I won't oh. get into that. That's the story for another time. Okay. And then upon graduation, I was hired uh, at the Boston Globe. I had um, interned for them for a year while I was at school. And I stayed with them for 12 years. 
you know, years is a long time. 12 yeah. years, yeah. And then at one point, I decided to go get my master's. I wanted to be a teacher. So I did that for a little bit. Um, wow. Yeah. While I was working at the Globe. With so kids. I taught during the day. Yeah, I had, little, I had two little kids. And then at, as long as I made my deadlines, it was cool that I could, you know, go to the Globe after work. That's fantastic. And yeah. And then um, I had a couple more kids. <laughs> Moved a couple more times, you know, and I was a stay-at-home mom for a while, involved with my kids' school. Okay. And then um, we moved out to Central Mass, and I worked for an independent newspaper. I was a copy editor, a restaurant reviewer. I took my own photos, and, you know, it was a small independent yeah, newspaper, yeah, but yeah. really well done. Chief and cook and bottle washer. Was, I did everything. Yeah, right. And, um, and then I got a job with a USA Today paper. It was called... It, the branch of newspapers, Wicked Local. Okay. It's called, so they were focused w- on... W- wicked, wicked, people who are listening on the West Coast don't understand the term wicked. Wicked in the East Coast is a good term. Yeah, it, that's it, yeah. good. Yeah. It's so wicked it like, good. It yeah. was wicked local, so yeah. very local. Our focus was on, you know, local news. I was an editor with them, and, you know, that's what I think they liked about me here is yeah. that my focus was on community news. Yeah. And that's what they were striving towards, to be more focused on the parishes, the students, the schools, yes. you know, and that's what I feel like I, I bring to this job. And, and I'm a Catholic and I can relate. You know what I mean? Yeah. So your fresh start, so to speak, is on trying to bring a little more of an emphasis on the local input of the parishes and the schools in our newspaper and on our website. Yes. That's fantastic. Yes. You know, like you've written a column for me, different deacons, different pastors, um, you know, just to get more a local perspective. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you. Which brings us to James Governale, who let me let me go back and do a little bit of self-disclosure. Jim and I actually go back quite a long ways, although we didn't know it for a while because I was involved with St. Joseph Radio and every time the intro would come on, I would hear Jim's voice and didn't know it because Jim had been involved with St. Joseph Radio before. This is going back to like the 1990s. And he was the person who recorded that. So every time they would have the intro music roll on through, that was Jim. Had no idea who he was, but I got to know Jim through his voice all the way back then. So Jim, you go back quite a long ways in Catholic radio, but you are also a veteran of other uh, broadcast entities. Tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, well, Rick, I actually grew up here in in the OC in La Habra and went to Don Bosco Tech High School. I I got my associate's degree in drafting and design. Then I just segue right into radio, which doesn't make a heck of a lot of sense. But hey, yeah, I got my start in radio a number of years ago, uh, working at a local station here in OC, which is actually not far from the tower. It's called KYMS. This is back when uh, Amy Grant was like the the queen of Christian music. I mean, she's still very popular oh, yeah. these days, but but Amy Grant was just you know when when the album uh, with the song Baby Baby came out, we got that single and I and I put that right on the air. We didn't even listen to it; we just put it on the air because it was Amy it's Grant. Amy. But worked at KYMS for a while. Then I ended up segueing to a station in. Uh, and you were doing. You were doing talent then as well, not just the board. Right. I was an on-air. listens to his voice, you can kind of hear that he's done I well. was an on-air host, and it was right around that time in the early 90s, really, when I was doing some volunteer work for St. Joseph Radio locally. 
uh, Lou Cortese, you know, she was doing some of these um, programs with Tim Staples and Patrick Madrid. And and so I, I'm a cradle Catholic. And so my faith has always been important to me. So I enjoyed doing the, the Catholic side of things. But it's interesting, the point, Shay, that you made earlier about how in so many ways, we're, you know, we're five years behind. I ended up segueing into Christian radio. And I got a job at a station called KKLA, which is arguably one of the biggest talk and teaching stations in in the nation in terms of Christian talk radio, playing programs like Focus on the Family with Dr. James Dobson and Chuck Swindoll with Insight for Living, Grace to You with John MacArthur, Alistair Begg, Greg Laurie, A New Beginning. So I was an on-air host at KKLA for a number of years, for, for actually 20-plus years. All the while, in my background as a Catholic, I remember thinking to myself, there's a lot of great Christian radio out there, but on the Catholic side of the aisle, as you would say, Rick, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of behind in terms of really good Catholic radio. So I think it was always kind of in, in my heart to work in Catholic broadcasting or in some sort of Catholic medium. In fact, boy, this really dates me. When, when Bishop Norm McFarlane was the bishop for the Diocese of Orange. Norman Norman. Bishop Storman Norman. I actually wrote him a letter, and this is back in the early 90s when I was but a child. I said, hey, Bishop, I work in this medium. You know, I have a skill set over here. I've, I've done some on-air stuff here and there. I would really love to take my skill set and, and put it to use for the church in some sort of way. He wrote me back just a really, really nice note. And he basically said something along the lines of, we need good Catholics out there working in these other mediums, working at like Coast 103 or K-Earth 101, some of these stations I dreamed of being on, you know, we need folks like you working in, in that environment. And I remember getting that letter back thinking, wow, you know, it really had an impact on me. I, I understood what he was trying to say. So fast forward to, you know, a number of years at KKLA and I'm doing various things. And as you well know, Rick, working in radio, you need to have other things bubbling on the side because that's not going to pay the bills. <laughs> it's really not. It's not going to pay the rent or the mortgage. So and when I found out about the Diocese of Orange, after they purchased this site, the Crystal Cathedral site, I remember seeing a little article talking about how they were going to put a radio studio, a radio and TV studio on the campus. And I remember reading that thinking, wow, that's great. And I just kind of filed it in my brain thinking I might be able to kind of jump on that opportunity. So that's kind of what ended up happening. I, I had a friend named Carl Engel who was doing some radio sales, who's also Catholic, and he worked at The Fish, and I think he met with the previous communications director, and Carl kind of put a bug in my ear and said, hey, Jimmy, they're putting a studio up in the Tower of Hope. You really ought to look into it, because they could use someone with your skill set. So I ended up connecting with uh, with Ryan Lilliengren, who was a communications director at the time, and he kind of told me what his vision was for putting the studio here and, and some of the content that we wanted to generate and, and, you know, crank out of the studio with the huge amount of local talent and, and people with ministry skill sets, such as yourself, Rick, such as Deacon Steve, such as, you know, Timory, you know, just some of the different people. We're able to get the studio off the ground and it's just, it's a thrill for me because I really feel like I'm at the place where the Lord would, would have me now for, again, the, the kind of work that I enjoy doing. I'm, feel very blessed to be here and work with someone like yourself, Rick. <laughs> what can I say? Well, I, you said very well, uh, just about everything. And when we come back, I want to ask, where do we go from here? 
because I, we've come out of a tremendously challenging era with COVID, with all of the issues that have come into our society. And yet the Diocese of Orange is not only trying to empower the parishes individually, but empower the people through communications and through the different mediums that we were just talking about. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today has been, and I want to stop for a moment and thank them profusely, uh, we have had several members of the communications team from the Diocese of Orange here talking quite vulnerably sometimes about why they're here and what they're doing and how they're promoting the ministry of Jesus Christ out to the public through communications. So I want to stop and say Bradley and Shay and Patty and Jim, thank you so very much for coming in and spending some time talking about what it is you do behind the scenes in order to try to make sure that a little more of what Bishop Van is doing on behalf of the parishes here, on behalf of all the events that are going on here, how you're getting that out and publicized. Thank you for coming in. We were also talking about what you do and why, how you got here. And Shay, you made an interesting point that I want to revisit for just a moment. Mm -hmm. You said that we are about five years behind Right. What did you mean by that? And if that's true, mm-hmm. what's the remedy for that? Because that would have to be remedied. <laughs> right. What do you mean by that? So I would say the the church being five years behind. This is the church as a whole, not just the Catholic church, just any church, I guess. In so general. not theologically. You're talking from a technological perspective. Yes. Okay. Right. Just on updated on current trends, because things are moving so quickly that the church isn't always focused on being updated on current trends. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, right? Because we have other things and ministries to focus on. But it is important to realize that the current trends can be a ministry that we could focus on, if that makes sense. It does. I I work at a university in their technology department. And one of the things that was explained to me is that it takes three to five years to plan out whatever they're going to do. Which means once that technology is turned on for the first time, they're now three to five years obsolete. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's kind of what you're saying, isn't right. it? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and I think it, it, there's another point, too, since we're sort of post-pandemic of where we're all on the digital media, it kind of forced a lot of churches to go digital that were not. A lot of churches just relied on a bulletin, mm-hmm. but the problem with that is it's just printed. So what happens when we can't go to church? So everyone's kind of scrambling, you know, let's get it, get our stuff on the website. Let's live stream. Everyone's trying to figure out how to live stream. And they had no idea how to even do those things, yeah. you know. And so I think it forced in a good way, actually, looking back, I feel like it forced a lot of people onto the digital world. And yeah. it created a lot of people to be more tech savvy than they were in the beginning. Right. They we know, know log on about YouTube, Zoom. Right. We know about Zoom. We know about Google Meets. Like we know all these different platforms. And and so now we're we're not trying to get people on the platforms now it's like how can we be relevant on these platforms so it's a different problem now that we're in or a different different way ways to be creative on how to reach people so let's talk a little Mm -hmm. specifically for all of you what is on the horizon for communications uh, for the diocese of orange what projects are you working on what's coming up what's happening what do you anticipate that the people will be experiencing that they'll like to experience yeah I'll just quickly start, I think, right now, since we're talking on the podcast, I think a big thing that we want to do is 
put the podcast on streaming streaming platforms where people are, like Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, and get this radio to the people, you know, where people are listening to other podcasts. Okay, so push it out mm-hmm. to where they can right. actually then experience it. Yeah. And it pops up in their in their worldview. Right. Okay. And they can just access it on those places. That'd be very cool. Mm-hmm. And for those like me who actually make a podcast, that right. sounds more expansive too. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Good. Uh, two other major endeav- endeavors that the uh, Office of Communications is uh, kind of putting a lot of the finalizing touches on are a brand new website, and this would be a website for the Diocese of Orange uh, specifically, and also a so kind of uh, like a change to the RCBO website. Exactly. That, that website. Okay. Right. The new website will have a lot of updated features that the current one doesn't. Whether that's all the different content and all the sub pages. It'll have a nice homepage that's easy to navigate, that has fresh pictures. As I mentioned before, our office is kind of in charge of our photography team, and we have new pictures of things coming in almost every week, whether that's events at the parishes or uh, one of our bishops or other senior leaders out and about. And not only do those kinds of things need to go on our social media channels where they'll be fresh and new, but they also need to go on the website where they make for great backgrounds and create for a nice pleasant experience when we're using the website. Yeah, I hate to say it, but does Bishop Van have a beard or not? It depends on the photos you're looking at. Yeah, so lately <laughs> lately he is uh, sporting that the beard, yeah. so we have to make sure that we have uh, updated uh, pictures. Speaking of which, we always need updated portraits of folks like our uh, our three bishops, so we'll be working on that kind of thing, too. That's also under the realm of the Office of Communications. In addition to the website that's going to be uh, renewed and refreshed, we're doing a virtual tour of the Christ Cathedral campus. This is uh, at least what we believe is probably the most comprehensive tour of its kind. And people have seen these kinds of things when maybe you're looking at real estate listings and you can ha- actually walk through a physical space and shows you a full 360-degree view of that room. You can kind of gauge it for what you maybe you want to buy that property or go yeah, look at it. Yeah. Well, also, famous places have done this, too. Sure. I got the idea to facilitate this virtual tour after I saw that the White House had a virtual yeah. tour. You could walk through the White House online. I thought, well, if the White House does it, why can't Christ There are museums that it? will do a lot of that, too. Exactly. Yeah, museums yeah. have it, famous places, and certainly... Um, Christ Cathedral is among the most famous churches in America, it has not some the world. Beautiful art now in there too. Exactly. So this tour um, is going to be able—you'll be able to walk on the entire campus, not just the cathedral, but also the arboretum, wow. uh, the lobby of the Tower of Hope, where we're in now, as well as it'll have the Our Lady Levang Shrine, it'll have the uh, cemeteries and the entire plaza around uh, the cathedral, and uh, the cultural center as well. And what I'm really excited to show everyone about the virtual tours. Not only can you walk through it, but there'll be icons that you'll see that you can click and open videos. And there are over about 35 videos. You could spend hours learning about this campus through this tour. And highlighted in the videos is Father Christopher Smith, who, of course, is the Uh rector of Christ Cathedral. He is an expert on this campus from its days under Reverend Schuler to its ownership and uh, stewardship under the Diocese of Orange. So when you're taking the tour, you'll get to learn about every artwork that's in the Christ Cathedral, even, say, the mural in the Chapel of Unity and Reconciliation at the Cultural Center, the Queen Tower. You'll get to learn about all of this. And you could also even use it on a VR headset if you're so inclined. (laughs) Or if you'd like, uh, we recommend using it on a desktop uh, computer. And through uh, this virtual tour, not only do you get to learn about it, but I also am proud that it's highlighting a lot of the great photography that we've shot on this campus over the years 
and uh, whether that's new photography or photography from the 2019 dedication. So there will be a lot to offer once this tour is uh, ready to go. What else is on the horizon? What about for the for the newspaper? I know that you've just taken over. You already mentioned that you're looking at trying to do more of a focus on community. That's right. The newspaper is a collaborative effort. You know, it's making connections here with my team members and my colleagues here at the diocese, um, making connections with principals at schools, with the pastors, with the priests, with the deacons, and just sharing our stories and connecting with each other. We have people. It's exciting. You know, I love talking to people. I love hearing their stories. And I love sharing their stories. That's my goal. And I just want to, you know, I'd like to, you know, continue doing that and get out there and meet people and, you know, visit these churches and attend these events and share the good news. Emergencies aside, so much of newspaper is about telling stories. It really is, especially if you're talking about in the community. So it sounds like this is right up your alley. For what you're it's right at my alley. You know, if you're if you're no longer interested in what people have to say and. If you're no longer curious, you know, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. <laughs> Get a new job. So luckily for me, I still love it. So, Jim, what's on the horizon for radio? What are you working toward? Basically, what we're looking to do, I think, um, and again, the team here has touched on that, is just taking the audio that we record here in this studio and sending it out to where people are, where people are congregating. There's lots of powerful voices, voices of people here in the diocese who We just love getting them in front of a microphone. And one thing that I just love to do is to be able to work with our priests and our bishops and our lay people who who just feel like they have this burning desire to share something that's bubbling up within them. And when they see a microphone, they're just like, oh, I just, you know, I want to share. I want to. I love working with talent who can't wait to get to the studio because they want (laughs) they want to record their show. Looking back, if, if I was to take the clock back three, four years And think about some of the great programs that we had that we would produce programming that would run on the radio. Well, if you just happen to miss it on the radio, you you might never hear it. So we've got some great stuff in our archives that maybe didn't really get heard. And so ultimately, I would just love to be able to uh, get our content out. Uh, And I think podcast seems to be the way to go, you know, to get programs like this. So it sounds fantastic. Yeah. Well, let me thank you again for coming in and sharing a little bit about how the communications department is putting out what Jesus Christ is doing here in the Diocese of Orange. Jim, would you mind please leading us in a brief word of prayer? Sure, we'll do, Rick. Lord, we thank you so much for this beautiful day, for this time we've had together. We um, thank you for the blessing of Christ's Cathedral, for the communication staff that you have uh, put together here. And ultimately for every person listening to the show right now, Lord, we just pray that you would bless them where they are in, in their lives. And as we often say, I don't really think it's an accident. If you happen to be listening to this right now, Lord, please bless each and every person listening to either this radio show or this podcast right where they are as we embark on um, a brand new year of 2022, when we pray in Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. You've been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. We've been talking today to Bradley, Shay, Patty, and Jim from the Communications Department. If you would like to hear this again or recommend it to somebody else, you can go to occatholic.com. 
And at OCCatholic.com, you can go to the radio tab, push the radio tab. There will be a number of different options, including this, Orange County Catholic Radio, our flagship. And you can listen to it again or recommend it to someone else. Once again, I'm Rick Howick, your host. It's been a pleasure to talk with you, and I look forward to talking with you again next week.